Welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast Footy Podcast. I'm Jack Duffy and joining me as always on a Monday evening down at Botany Park Sports Pavilion, Jai Thomas. JT, welcome. Thanks, Duff. Uh, arch rivals that we are this week. That's right. Playing off to get into a, a fantasy football grand final. Uh, the loser's in. The winner gets another chance next week. So well, flip it around. The winner is in. Oh, yeah. Are we sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Far out. I'm trying yeah. to host a podcast here. And, uh, <laughs> the loser's going into the grand final. So, yeah, the winner goes in. Yep. The loser fights another week next week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, good to have a coast-to-coast derby. Uh, maybe yeah. we'll get a Coast to Coast Derby Grand Final as well, which will be exciting. That's what the fans want. For all of our listeners. We should, we should give it to them, really. I think they should yeah. just automatically default through as the top mm. two teams. So, anyway, we are, it's been a week since we did our, our last pod. Happy Father's Day for yesterday. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. So, thought I'd better mention that. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, a round and a half is almost gone. Um, seems like a long time ago. And I think we should kick things off in style because the Adelaide Crows had their first win of the season last Tuesday. And I think it would be remiss of us to skip past that. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, say congratulations to the Crows. Uh, it's been a long time coming this year, a long time coming for Matthew Nix to finally notch up his first win as an AFL coach and, you know, it was thoroughly deserved. And I don't think uh, there'd be any coach in the league you'd rather post your first win over than Alistair Clarkson. So it's a pretty big scalp for Matthew Nix and uh, the Crows fans should be very happy. Oh, yeah, just, um, you know, great for Nix to have that duck broken going into summer, you know, we spoke about it a week or two ago that you wouldn't want to go in with zero wins, a dog shit list and, uh, and you know, a global pandemic to deal with. So just getting at least one of those, you know, off your back yep. is a big victory. They can really focus on the list now and what they need to do to turn it over. Um, fans can celebrate. So, yep. yeah. It's good. One win is great. And Clarkson, he can get fucked. Yeah, so. exactly. It's brilliant. No, brilliant from the Crows. I thought the Crouch brothers were excellent. And I think that's good because they've copped a lot of criticism earlier in the year. And I think, in my opinion, obviously they've both prove, proven their, their worth to the club. And I think Adelaide should keep them around. But I'm not a decision maker at the Crows. So I don't really, I don't really have a say. And I think O'Brien's looking good in the ruck as well. So some positive signs there for the Crows. Obviously the year as a whole hasn't been. But uh, one win kind of... Uh, Gets him going, and then a tough battle against GWS. So, tough battle against GWS tomorrow. So maybe soak it in for one more night, yeah. and uh, and then uh, yeah. potentially just be happy with the number one draft pick. I think so. Exactly. We uh, we might. We'll, Chera's just given away a freak. Has he? That's unfortunate. Uh, well, we were going to talk about our teams, obviously West Coast and and Essendon, but they were deplorable both of them yesterday. Um, I don't want to bring up last week either because the Eagles got the better of the Bombers. So. Maybe we'll just uh, maybe we'll just skip past last week's game, but I do want to get your thoughts on this week's game. I think obviously a one-point margin to the Bulldogs, a lot on the line for West Coast, and just I guess just the whole scenario of the game. Nick Nat being a late out, obviously, you know, Shuey, the Shuey debacle last week, where you know he kind of was put back on the ground, not really sure if he had already done his hamstring at that point. Apparently, he did both in the end, and it's just been a little bit of a, you know, a tough anyone, week for the Eagles. Anyone that says, oh. Uh, you know, he couldn't do it any more damage. He's full of shit. You know, having done many hamstrings in my life, you can always rip it off the bone. You know, it's not, I just don't buy that for a second. Yeah. So I don't know what was going on there. And, uh, you know, things may be getting a bit, you know, a bit drastic up in the hub, bad decisions getting made, stewing in their own juices. Yeah. You know, the uh, the reality is it wasn't a great week to rest Nat Nui. Like what's... 
what's going on? Like, you know, unless he was truly sore, he probably was. But, uh, you know, those are the kinds of games that make the difference between top two, top four and something else. Uh, have they decided that the bullies are so bad in the hitouts that Hickey can do the job? Well, I don't think that's a reason to rest Nick Nat. Um, you've got to win those games. And with the Eagles, they play terribly in the slop in Queensland. They needed every inch they could get, and they blew it. But credit to the bullies, they you know they wanted it more. I think that's where I think that's where it becomes a real. I know you have to manage Nick Natanui because you know there's no point pushing him too hard and he misses the rest of the season because that's that's a bigger blow to anyone's grand final chances than than just missing a game against the Bulldogs. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you say it's it's a bit slippery out there at night, and he's not a guy that takes a lot of marks. He does more damage at the clearances. I think the Bulldogs were the perfect team to have him fit and firing for. Whether whether he could have, I mean, like I said, hindsight's easy, right? He probably could have rested him against the Bombers the week before. They're they're not quite the same kind of side as the Bulldogs. Yeah. I feel like he's not quite as required against Essendon. Sam Draper was playing, I think, last week only his fourth or fifth game. Yeah, probably bring Hickey in against him, make sure uh, make sure Nick Nat's fresh. But yeah. I mean, this is all easy to say in hindsight, right? But it just uh, it yeah, was it just a disastrous disastrous it's week. Like, you know, you've got an advantage and you you decide, all right, we've got a significant advantage here. We can just knock that down a peg and we'll still have an advantage. But that doesn't work in the AFL. You've got to ram home your competitive advantages, you know. It's, yep. like, it's like saying, well, uh, you know, playing Adelaide, Geelong, so we'll rest Tom Hawkins. Well, that actually becomes more critical because you've got to ram home how good, you know, you, you are in that, those certain areas. So, yeah, d- dumb decision. He might have been sore. Whatever, dumb dumb decision, and you know to be honest, they were playing pretty well in the first quarter, and they probably should have pushed away from there, but they didn't. So yeah, again, full credit to the bullies who needed a scalp. I think it was mentioned on the on the telecast. I don't say too much good things on on the telecast, but uh, you know they mentioned that the bullies hadn't beaten any of the top seven, and they needed a, a scalp. So yeah. it was good good for the bullies to get. Yeah, it was oh, exactly right. On the flip side, it was a huge win for the bulldogs. They've had a few. Close wins this year. I think the Gold Coast game springs to mind as well for the Western Bulldogs. I think they just got over the line there. And uh, they find themselves, what, ninth on the ladder at the moment, uh, equal with GWS, who obviously we expect, and that's no guarantee, them to beat the Crows tomorrow. Um, and therefore, they'll still be two points behind Collingwood out of the eight. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've given themselves a chance, the Bulldogs. Uh, I'll have a quick look and see who they play the next two rounds. But... Uh, who have they got here? They've got Hawthorne, which they should win, and then they've got Fremantle, uh, which will probably be a pretty tricky game, but you'd imagine the Bulldogs will have a lot on the line. Not that that guarantees anything. I think yeah. we've seen Melbourne blow games with a lot on the line. And yeah. Last week was no exception, and yeah. I don't know how tonight's game got, was, is going, but uh, in torrential rain up in Cairns. Uh, it's uh, 15 to 8 15 during to eight. Don't want to talk too much more about last round, but I do think we should talk about the Brisbane-Collingwood game. Um Another game with with massive ramifications. Um, Forty two to thirty four in perfect conditions at the Gabba <laughs> JT, as we spoke about on the drive down here. You know, the grand final at night in Queensland uh, could make for an interesting spectacle, as quite a few people have have made mention of. Yeah. And uh, forty two to thirty eight um, on Friday night. Gee, seems like a lot longer ago than that. Probably, uh, you know, between two pretty good sides is. Is an interesting scoreboard, but uh, the Lions found a way to get it done. They lose Harris Andrews, obviously, for six weeks, which is a big blow. 
But uh, I still think with the games at the Gabba, I think they're, they're in prime position to cash in. They should beat the Gold Coast this week and hopefully cement the top two finish if you're a Brisbane fan. Uh, I don't know how many of them are out there and then make a push finals. But uh, yeah. impressive impressive from, from Brisbane, I think. Collingwood's been their bogey side for a while. It's just nice of them to get over the line. Zorko not doing much either, I, I think, is a, much, is a big plus. Um, so. Young Jarrett Berry was good. Um yeah, they've got Carlton and uh, and Sydney on the run home as well. Yeah, Brisbane. So gee, it's a pretty good run. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more that playing playing the you know AFL Grand Final at night in Queensland is the worst possible outcome of any. Yep. Any. Yeah. Yep. Maybe Kazali Stadium would have been worse, but it just doesn't make any sense. Um, part of the justification is what the Cox Plate's being run that day. Well. Last I checked, a horse race went for three or four minutes max. So, you know, you can build your day around that. Uh, have it at half time. I don't know. Just just make it, make it happen that, it, you know, that it's not, I don't know, a night game in Queensland. Yeah, I think we've, no there's sense. been so much evidence this year that, that, you know, that the conditions are hard for all teams to deal with. Um, even the better sides, as we've seen with West Coast and, and we saw with Brisbane and Collingwood, and Brisbane should be used to it. So um, it's going to make for an interesting spectacle. But I'm sure we'll talk about that in the lead-up. As far as this round goes, JT, uh, we're over, over halfway through. Obviously, Port were too strong for, for North Melbourne. I don't think there's, there's too much to talk about. That game, poor old Zach Butter's got a couple of weeks, which he, which he deserved. Yeah, so. he deserved. I don't know what he was thinking there. It's probably, you know, it would have been good if Zeebel had have actually you know, done him some damage towards the end there. I, I don't think Butters has ever cleaned anyone up in his life. Have you seen him? He's so yeah, thin. Yeah. I think he probably surprised himself. He's going to be a great player. He's going to be a very good I player. I like the way he throws himself around, but yeah. that was a bit stupid, some of the shit he was doing. Yeah. It was good to see, you know, both Rockliffe and Wines really dominate in the guts. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, Port needed, you know, they just need to get the job done. Uh, they weren't going to prove anything to anyone by beating North Melbourne. Um, they would have... You know, been a pretty stark loss had they lost, but that was never really in doubt. So they got the job done and on to the next challenge for them. Uh, it was good to see the likes of, you know, Carl Amon and Sam Powell Pepper sort of coming through as, as their fringe players that have sort of started to have more of an impact. And, you know, they're top of the ladder, so it's yeah. looking reasonably good for them. Yeah, Porter shaping up nicely. The Saints got a very important win against Hawthorne, um, kind of. They're not cemented in the finals just yet. They're nine wins. Um, I think they've got West Coast and uh, GWS in the last two rounds. So if they get there, I think they're going to have to win one of those. Um, so it was obviously they couldn't afford to drop a game against Hawthorne. Um, inaccurate kicking, you know, from both sides, but the Saints just get over the line. And uh, I don't know. I can't quite, you know, this was a Hawthorne side that got beaten by Adelaide <laughs> a week before. I just, I wonder if the Saints kind of, you know, Went in with a little bit of an energy, energy conservation approach given they played the Eagles literally what they played on Sunday. They played the Eagles on Thursday. So such such a short turnaround for both teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how either are going to pull up four days, but massive game actually for both of those sides. Uh, neither, neither can really afford to lose. Um, I'm not sure really who's got more at stake. And then the other game yesterday that we don't really want to talk about too much was Geelong and Essendon. Oh, yeah, we should do due diligence on it. Um, that was Essendon. It. Yeah. You know I mean, talk us through it. Oh, well, it was a disaster, to be honest. Like, it's just Essendon, unfortunately, this year, particularly on very short breaks, have just come out with no effort and no 
no intensity whatsoever. <laughs> and unfortunately, I guess you get away with it a little bit if you're playing like Hawthorne or I think we played St Kilda earlier in the year yeah. and you kind of get away with it. And then you play a Geelong team coming off a longer break, probably what, a week, and uh, and they just show you up and it was just a total disaster, to be honest, I think. It's hard to come back from 10 goals down. Yeah, the Bombers have got a lot of questions to answer. I just don't like their – they have this – everyone says, you know, Carlton can have the ability to have you know five goals in a row kicked against them, but Essendon just have this ability to just go missing for entire halves. I think against the <laughs> Bulldogs last year, the Bulldogs kicked 23 goals in a row against mm. Essendon. You know, it's a worrying yeah. sign. I think it was the maybe against Brisbane and the Bulldogs as well earlier this year where there was just no effort. First half against Hawthorne was terrible. Yeah. Like you just can't have patches like that mm-hmm. during a season and expect to be yeah. a competitive football side. So there's a lot to answer for at the Bombers. We could probably have a whole couple of hours on it, but uh, you know the the fitness staff, you know the the injury management staff, <laughs> and the coaching, I don't know what's going on there, but we obviously have a new coach next year. Yeah. I think he's been, you know, handling things this year, but he gets a full preseason hopefully to kind yeah. of with no worse fold there to kind of just feel like he's the man. Maybe that makes a difference, but um it's it's a long road back for the Bombers and they've got the talent, it's just whether they can mm. can bring the effort and intensity every week and on the flip side Geelong were just so professional. I actually feel like they felt sorry for us in the third <laughs> quarter and just kind of you know, know they, the they know they've got a really important game against Richmond on Friday and they did take the foot off yeah. the pedal a little which bit, which I think was to. smart. I mean, yeah. percentage-wise, 10 goals to nothing. I mean, yeah. their percentage is way better than anyone else's already. So, Well, yeah. uh, so a couple of things. Um, you know, Essendon haven't led a quarter time, I believe, since round two. That yep. is fucking appalling. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, I, you know, you notice always about John Worsfold's coached sides towards the end of his tenure is that he lets them go. He lets the players get away with, you know, no effort. Yeah. And uh, obviously Rutten's kind of doing the majority of the coaching, but you just got to wonder about, you know, the last few weeks, months and years of the worst fold reign. It just always, you know, it just went like this at West Coast and, uh, and he just, you know, the players got away with too much. He didn't have an intensity about them. So... Yeah, uh, there's problems there, and as you say, Rutten will take over next. But my main question is, you know, there's that photo. They're laughing around at halftime, you know, having a joke. Yeah, is that okay? I, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I'm not concerned about anything that they do before, after, before, after the games, during the breaks. Yeah. I just mainly care about what they're doing on the field. Yeah. The thing is, if you if you're winning the games and you're doing that, no one gives a shit. Yeah, but if you're getting flogged ten goals to nil, obviously it becomes a problem. But yeah. I. I've got bigger problems as an Essendon supporter than if they're joking around at halftime. <laughs> like, honestly, like if that's what people want to point out, then that's fine. I understand it. But yeah. but to be honest, I'd be pointing to like 28 examples in the first quarter on the weekend that are more worrying than that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, it's, you know, it's a byproduct of what's going on. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that was brought up during the week was the Bombers won six games, I think, but none by more than like 17 points or something. And they've beaten five of the bottom six teams or something. I think the only team they've beaten outside of that is Collingwood, which yeah. they just scraped over the line. Yeah. And really, Collingwood kicked the first, what, four goals of the game or something. And then yeah. the Bombers clawed their way back in with Andrew Phillips uh, playing Phillips the said, best game of his career and really hasn't shown anything since. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway, that's uh, it'll be more Bombers chat, I'm sure, as the season draws to an end, especially list management-wise. But uh, I do want to get your thoughts on, on Geelong and Richmond this Friday. I think it's the biggest game of the season to this point. Obviously, for Richmond, it's top four on the line. 
for the Cats, uh, I think they make top four regardless because of their percentage. Yep. But still, you know, they want to finish top two, maybe top one, get to pick where they play the finals. I assume that's how it's going to work this year. So. <laughs> It's uh, it's a massive game for both, and I think uh, yeah. Who do you, how do you see this going? Do you think it's more important for Richmond? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely Richmond have got to consolidate that top four finish. So yeah, it's more incumbent on them. I mean, Geelong are only two points ahead of them, mind you. Uh, I just think for either side, it's a statement game leading into the biggest time of the year. So the one thing you want to do at this time of the year is beat your, you know. Your rivals around you and on the ladder. It's you know, you, it's as much about beating the um, the top teams uh, and and showing that you can do it. You know, like people will say West Coast on the on the weekend. Well, you know, if you can't beat the Bulldogs or something like that, then what's the point or whatnot? But the reality is, you've just got to beat the, the teams you come up against week after week. And when you play against the good sides, you've got to. Got to get it done. You got to show that you know. Come final, you'll uh, you'll be just as good as they are. So I reckon it's a huge clash. It's pretty pretty obvious it is a huge clash. But um, yeah, I just fuck, I don't I don't really want to see either side win either. So that's that's the problem that I've got. I was going to say Geelong historically struggled coming off the buy. They're actually coming off two buys um, into this game, um, and Richmond <laughs> coming off one. So that'll be. I do think it'll be really low scoring. I, I get the feeling that both sides will be really defensive. They won't want to show their hand too much in terms of um, offense. So we'll see how that plays out. And I think, you know, Geelong and West Coast had a big rivalry during the mid-90s, obviously playing those grand finals against each other. But you won't find any bigger supporters around the country than for Geelong than Eagles fans this week. Yeah. <laughs> Given the Eagles' it. best fans, uh, best chance of finishing on the top four is for Geelong to win. Obviously, the Eagles still have to win out, but... Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, the ramifications are, are huge for, for a lot of clubs that will be sitting down on Friday night watching and yeah. seeing the best two teams go at it. So Yeah, exactly. And you've got to think the likes of Port Adelaide are sitting back going, well, we need to learn what we can learn out of this game. Um, and so, as you say, the likes of Hardwick and Co might, might hold back a bit. Yep. Um, but at the same time, it's the business end of the year. You can't be holding back. you just got to got to get things done. Um, so... I'd be a fan of both sides going hammer and tongs at it uh, because it's a statement game. You get this win, you know, for all you can dick around with your list or your structure, the playing group need to know that they can do it and they need to have faith in the game plan. So I just think you've got to go out all guns blazing. And so it should be an epic contest. It should be, you know, one of the best matches of the year as big games towards the business end of the season should be. Yep, definitely. It'll be interesting to see if Joel Selwood comes back in and plays. It'll be interesting to see if Josh Jenkins keeps his spot. <laughs> uh, he made his Geelong debut on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, a couple of couple of little interesting things to keep an eye on there, but uh, it's going to be a cracker. But, JT, we better wrap things up. What's the score in the, the Dockers-Fremantle game? Uh, it's um, one goal nine and one goal three. So it's, a, it's one all at half One all at half time, yeah. excellent. So in we'll the, expect uh, a Melbourne pro- victory versus uh, Perth glory. If the conditions stay as they are, it might be one goal each at <laughs> the end of the game too. Whoever can kick the most behinds will win, which yeah. will be incredible. But uh, thanks for joining me, JT. We'll be back again next Monday to dissect probably the Richmond Geelong game. Sounds good, Duff. Thanks, JT.